Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake, and thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to be looking first at the Lakers and Russell Westbrook. And what I want to look at is I've been seeing a bunch of articles posted about the Lakers' issues and why Russell Westbrook could be the problem, and looking specifically at trades um, that teams could get involved in a Russell Westbrook trade situation if uh, the Lakers feel like he's the problem and want to move on from Russell Westbrook. Um, so we're going to start there. So to start, the Lakers are currently sitting in seventh place. They are half game back at the Clippers, um, and it's an interesting situation because they traded away a bunch of their depth with KCP and Kuzma and Montrez Harrell, all of which, if you're looking at how Washington's doing, they're roughly around the same record, but uh, KCP's averaging 11 and 3.5 rebounds, Kuzma's averaging 13 and 8, and Montrez Harrell's averaging 14 and 7. Westbrook is averaging 19 points and 8 rebounds and 8 assists. And yes, those are great numbers, and obviously Westbrook is a great point guard, but I've always felt like Westbrook has been focused on himself. He's not a team player, he's a Heat player. He's a one person, kind of takes over, does his own thing, and doesn't really have that team aspect. And up until, I guess I should say, Russell Westbrook joined the Lakers. LeBron's played with teammates, for the most part, that have been team players outside of Kyrie, um, who I think he was a team player until he left, and then he kind of wanted to do his own thing, and that's maybe one of the reasons why he left in the first place. But Kevin Love has been a team player, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, um, I mean, even uh, Anthony Davis, to an extent, has adopted that team player mentality, which Russell Westbrook doesn't have. And so the Lakers are obviously a team that is um, interested in maybe potentially making some changes um, if uh, they need to because, um, you know, there needs to potentially be, um, you know, a change if it takes place. So the Boston Celtics were rumored um, to be interested in uh, trading for Russell Westbrook, or at least this was kind of thrown out there as a potential name, which it came from the athletic John Hollinger, um, and also the ringers Kevin O'Connell, they both kind of put this out there, and he, O'Connell tweeted, the Lakers should explore every possibility to trade Russell Westbrook, Um, and I guess potentially there's um, sort of a situation where it could take place, Hoops Hype Yassi Gorzon, Gorzalon, believes Boston checks those boxes. He uh, quoted by saying, for example, the Boston Celtics are a team that could use a more traditional point guard, and Westbrook theoretically could be a decent fit there, since their best lineup would have three good shooters surrounding him. So if the Celtics want to get involved in a Westbrook deal, could it make sense? I mean, it could. I think, you know, he's a traditional point guard, and I don't know if I'd say he's exactly what they're looking for, but, you know, Al Horford makes $27 million. You have Juancho Renard Gomez who makes $11 million. You got Josh Richardson who makes $11 million. If the Celtics in some way, shape, or form could add Russell Westbrook 
and potentially also add Colin Horton Tucker in a trade because let's say the Celtics are like, look, we'll give you Al Horford, you can get rid of that contract. Hernan Gomez, Richardson are all smaller contracts. We'll take on Westbrook if they want to move Westbrook. And we need Talon Horton Tucker in return. Or maybe they move Marcus Smart and Al Horford and they keep Josh Richardson and they have Westbrook in the starting lineup with um, maybe Talon Horton Tucker and Jalen Brown and Jace Tatum and Robert Williams. I don't know if the Celtics would really want to get in on a Russell Westbrook situation because I feel like if it was something that they wanted to do, they could have easily have done it last offseason. But it's not something that... I guess is unrealistic um, if the Lakers feel like maybe this wasn't the right move then maybe you know uh, there's a chance that they can move on from Russell Westbrook um, it's uh, an option for sure um, fadeaway world put out recently a blockbuster 14 trade idea which includes the Lakers, the 76ers, the Pacers, and the Pistons. And basically this deal is the Lakers get Ben Simmons and Jeremy Grant. Philadelphia receives T.J. Warren, Karius Levert, and Jeremy Lamb. The Pacers receive Westbrook, Matthijs Thibault, a first from Philly and a first from the Lakers. And the Pistons receive Talon Horton Tucker, Malik Monk, um, and some first-round picks from Philly and Los Angeles. So... This is interesting, and I don't think I don't think this would happen because Philly's giving up Matisse Thibault and two first-round picks alongside Ben Simmons, and they're only receiving T.J. Warren and Carries Levert and Jeremy Lamb. So they wouldn't do this, in my opinion. If you swapped Jeremy Lamb and and uh, Talon Horton Tucker, it'd be a better situation. I just don't think they'd get involved. But from the side of the Lakers. I just don't see Westbrook being worth that much. And I think this is definitely a trade that a Lakers fan would um, would make. And I don't see this as an actual one that could work. Um, and it just doesn't really, um, doesn't really uh, seem like one that would work per se. But if Westbrook did get traded, I could see a Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook trade. Because there is, um, you know, a potential for... Westbrook to come in he's you know a traditional point guard you have a lot of shooters around him potentially with Danny Green and Seth Curry and Shake Milton and you could argue that trading Ben Simmons to LA which is where he wants to go could be a good situation I don't think you need to add the other the other teams inside this deal because I just don't see that actually being necessary if they decide to that's great if they don't then uh that's fine too. So uh, I think Westbrook is someone that I think LeBron wanted because he was a big name. And I think, you know, the Lakers want to create a big three. And there are a lot of big names out there, but many of those weren't able to be traded to the Lakers because of the package and the value. And I think this was just perfect for everyone involved. And I think, you know, overall, Westbrook is you know a good player but just not the greatest team player and so I expect Westbrook to stick around for a while um, but I don't really know what the Lakers plan on doing if it doesn't work out in the end and he's just kind of here 
uh, and is just kind of playing for himself. So there is a chance that he gets moved, but I don't really see that um, really taking place. So that is, uh, I guess that's uh, that situation. Um, so then we're going to move on to basically a look at some of the teams in the NBA and how sort of things are going at this point and just my own thoughts on these teams as we go forward. So let's get started. We'll just look at the East and the West and kind of see where things are at the moment and what's the situation moving forward. So first is Chicago. Chicago Bulls are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They are sitting a game above the Brooklyn Nets and they're a, a interesting team and they've been a very good team this whole season and I think this is a good example of how you can change your dynamic and your scenery just in such a short time from being what is a good team a great team and then going to something that's well not as good and then coming back and being a good team because they were a very good playoff team with prime Derrick Rose, MVP Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, Taj Gibson, Carlos Boozer. Um, they had um, uh, Luol Deng. And then those guys kind of left and got hurt and things just didn't go their way. And so they dropped. Then they kind of got some draft picks and kind of retooled. Then they traded some stuff away, got Vucevic, and then they signed DeRozan in a sign-and-trade. And same with Lonzo Ball. They're a better team. They are a much better team, and they're a good example of how you can kind of change your dynamic around. One thing that I think Chicago could do, potentially, is fill sort of that power forward spot with someone who's maybe healthier than Patrick Williams and maybe a better fit long term. If this is your playoff team, there are a bunch of guys who fit the bill, whether that's uh, Jeremy Grant, whether that's uh, trying for Sabonis to play power forward, whether that's Christian Wood, whether that's Harrison Barnes. I think there's potential for a trade with Chicago centered around Patrick Williams going to some sort of rebuilding team and getting in return one of a handful of power forwards who could potentially play um, all sorts of positions. One player that would make a ton of sense is TJ Warren, in Indiana, if the Pacers are looking to move on from him because you could trade away someone like a Derrick Jones Jr. and you could trade away some draft picks or uh, potentially trade away someone like uh, Ayo Dosumu, who was a draft choice, I think, in this most recent draft, or Troy Brown Jr., who hasn't really done too much in the NBA. You could potentially move some of those younger players and add in someone like a TJ Warren, who's more of a short-term fix for this season and potentially can be their starting power forward alongside Vucevic, potentially. So I do think they're in a good spot for sure. Moving on to the Brooklyn Nets, and the Brooklyn Nets at this point seem like they're fighting with other teams to keep the pace. They're tied with Milwaukee, both a game back of Chicago, it's going to be a fight for Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Chicago for those one, two, and three spots. And so, basically, it seems like, you know, Brooklyn is 
trying to deal with their own issues with Kyrie while also dealing with injuries and the whole COVID situation. I think one of the biggest additions to their team was Patty Mills, who came over and is averaging 14 points. Is a good point guard, is a good bench point guard, plays starting minutes, is as good of a player as you can get. He's a great piece and a good addition to this team. And with the fact that Kyrie has kind of been in and out, mostly because of his vaccine situation, having someone like Patty Mills has really helped their team out significantly. They also have a few veterans, Paul Millsap, Blake Griffin, Mark Zaldridge, and some younger guys, Dayron Sharp, Nicholas Claxton, and Cam Thomas. So they have a good sort of mix of players who seemingly are doing things um, right. And they have a great team surrounding them, good players. I mean, Brooklyn's doing what they need to. As for Milwaukee, they've had their fair share of injuries, but Giannis is Giannis. He is one of the best players in the NBA. I don't know if they can repeat championship-wise, but they're a good team, and they can get to the finals just as easily as they could last year um, with this group. Obviously, they got Chris Middleton in there, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez. Um, But the only thing I will say that's kind of a knock on their team, in a sense, is a lot of their players are getting older. I mean, Giannis is in his prime. He's 27. But Middleton's 30, Drew Holiday's 31, Brooke Lopez is... 33. I mean, Brooke Lopez has hit the peak and is in his decline, but Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday aren't. And I think, you know, there could be a few more years of this success between these three, Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday, but I don't know how long that'll last. But for now, they're a good team, and I think, if anything, this has made them a better overall squad. And if they win one championship in this run, That's a pretty good situation. If they win another, that's great. But they've already done more than uh, everyone's expected, and it's a good situation, to say the least. Then we have the Miami Heat, who are in fourth place. Uh, Miami is a team that added Kyle Lowry and has been very successful with Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. And if you look at their team, Butler's averaging 23 and 6 rebounds. Adebayo is averaging 18 and 10 rebounds. Lowry is averaging 13 and 8 assists. Tyler Hero is averaging 20 points and 5 rebounds. They've been getting a lot of help from Oladipo, who's averaging 19 points. And they have a great team, you know. They have good role players. They're not a championship team, in my opinion, but they're a very, very good basketball team. And they have the makings of a championship team. Maybe they go out there and potentially add in another player who can help their team at the deadline, but either way, they're a great team. I don't see them being a problem in the long term. I think they're as good of a team as you can get, and they have a lot of very good talent. Then just below them, sitting at the five spot, is the Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers have a bunch of different things that most teams just don't have. Rubio is out. Uh, with an injury, season-ending injury, I think. But he was a big part of their team when they added him in. Uh, they have Marketing, who's averaging 13-5. and five. Kevin Love's averaging 14-7 and seven rebounds. Jared Allen's averaging 16-10 and 10 rebounds. Pretty good numbers at him. 14-8 and eight for Evan Mobley is the rookie. Uh, Osman's averaging 11. Darius Garland's got 19. And then they have 16 out of uh, Colin Sexton. So 
I expect Cleveland to go out there and potentially add in another piece in uh, the deadline just because they're a great team. They have um, a few uh, second-round picks of their own, plus a few more from other teams. they got a ton of uh, second-round picks from other teams. Um, they have uh, seven, eight total between 2022 and 2027 uh, second-round picks from teams that aren't their own picks. And so they can definitely make something happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from some of their other pieces that aren't really working out too well and adding in some pieces that do make a lot of sense. But they are a good team. This is um, an unexpected season for them in terms of how great they've been despite how good they were, or I should say how good they are this year compared to how bad they were last year. Uh, it's a totally 160 change. Then we have uh, the sixth seed, Philadelphia 76ers, and unfortunately for Philadelphia, Ben Simmons is just sitting on the sidelines and hasn't played at all, and their team is just how it is. Uh, there's not much else you can say. Uh, they are up and down. They've had good games and bad games. They're going to have to make a decision on Ben Simmons soon, and I think you know it's something that's going to have to be dealt with more readily uh quickly than before because if they want to compete they're basically just wasting a piece on the bench in ben simmons who is not going to do anything um you know at all he hasn't played one game this season uh there are you know always rumors that come out that oh philadelphia is in trade talks with teams they're nearing a trade for ben simmons and then it's like nothing radio silence so I don't really know specifically what the plan is with Ben Simmons. I think they're just waiting for the right package. And if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, I guess it seems like they're open to um, waiting. And um, I don't know if that's the best plan, but it's their plan uh, at this moment. Moving on to the Charlotte Hornets. Now, I think Charlotte has... Some great players. Uh, obviously, Hayward's averaging 17. Rozier's averaging 17. Kelly Uber is averaging 16. Lamella Ball's averaging 19. Uh, Bridges is averaging 19. P.J. Washington's averaging 10 and 5 rebounds. They're getting good play from their top players. I think that the only biggest need is at the center position, and I wouldn't be surprised if they addressed that come deadline, trade deadline. They have... Um, a pick from New Orleans. They also have a bunch of second-round picks, uh, plus three that aren't their own. So uh, they have a decent amount of draft picks to work with, um, and there's potential for the Hornets to go out there and add in another piece to make them just a little bit better. And I think that's kind of something they need to consider moving forward. Um, and... Who knows what's going to happen. But they are a good team. I expect them to make the playoffs for sure. Then we have our number 8 seed, which is the uh, Washington Wizards. Now, statistically, Bradley Beal is having one of his worst seasons. Last year, he averaged over 30 points and 6 assists. This year, he's averaging 23 points and 6 assists. I've always felt that Bradley Beal doesn't fit with this team anymore. And I think they've tried so many different iterations whether it's John Wall and Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, Spencer Dinwiddle and Bradley Beal. The Wizards are not anywhere near successful enough to keep him long-term. 
And I think he's given so much to this team. He's 28 years old. By the time this contract is up, it's either going to be on this coming off season or the following. And I don't know if he really wants to stick around long term if that's something that's going to take place, right? Is he someone who could opt out this year and sign a bigger contract long term? Potentially. Could he opt out and play the field and see what's available? And if the right offer comes and it's not Washington, he goes somewhere else? Potentially. I just don't see the Wizards keeping him long term because it doesn't seem like it's going to work out uh, in the long term if that's the case. Uh, so they may have to consider moving him if they have a feeling he's not going to stick around. Right behind them is the Boston Celtics. Now the Celtics this season to me, it's not a good one. I think this is the first season without sort of that third important piece, whether Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker, all those guys are gone. They have Tatum and they have Jalen Brown, who are both the two star players. And I think the issue that I see with Boston is there is no sort of leader. And I don't think the leaders they have are good enough to lead this team and make it to the finals. Al Horford and Marcus Smart are not, you know, the best players, even though they are, in my opinion, the two leaders of the team. And the best players, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, are not leaders by any means. So the problem I see with Boston is they don't have an all-star leader, an all-star level leader, a Damian Lillard, a Steph Curry type, someone who's one of your best players but also can kind of lead this team. I think that's how you win championships and that's how you have success. And I think if Boston can find that, then potentially they have a good situation on their hands. If they can't, then unfortunately they're not going to win a championship. So Boston will never get over that hurdle because they don't have a leader who is like an all-star level guy. Right behind Boston is the New York Knicks, and New York Knicks have some good players, but maybe they spend a little bit too much money on Fournier and Kemba Walker when they really shouldn't have. They also have Nolan's Noel locked up for about $8.8 million. They do have a handful of draft picks. They got one from Charlotte, one from Dallas in the first round. Um, a bunch of second-round picks, so there's ways for them to make moves if they need to. They do have Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, Julius Randle. I don't think any of their players outside Julius Randle and maybe R.J. Barrett are, like, top tier. Uh, I think they have a lot of great young players, but I don't know how good these guys actually can become. And so the Knicks, I think, aren't going to make the playoffs. They're just going to be outside looking in. Maybe they'll be a play-in team but they'll lose for sure. Then we have the Toronto Raptors, who I don't really know what to say on Toronto because they have great pieces. They just don't have the greatest you know, situation because if you look at their team, they got Siakam, who's averaging 20 and uh, 8. Uh, Van Vliet, who's averaging 20 and almost 7 assists. They have OG, who's averaging 19 points. They have Gary Trent, who's averaging 16. And Scotty Barnes, who's averaging 15 and 8. They also have some decent role players. Um, they do need a starting level center. Uh, I mean, if you're going to put Scotty Barnes at the power forward and Siakam at the center, I guess that's okay, but they're both power forwards, so I don't think that works. And so they may need to move on from Pascal Siakam, and they may need to bring in someone who's a better center fit, whether that's trading for Miles Turner and making something happen with Indiana, whether that's trading 
with another team out there who has a center that could potentially be available. Um, I don't really know what their plan is, but I think they need to consider the chance of rebuilding, maybe moving on from some of these pieces that are a little bit outside their window. For example, Siakam, who's 27, and Van Vliet, who's 27, maybe moving some of those guys for actual younger pieces could be uh, in their best interest, um, for sure. Then we have the Atlanta Hawks, who are up next. They're the 12 seed. And my only thing with Atlanta is they have a bunch of pieces, but a lot of them are younger. And so my best piece of advice would be to kind of put some of these pieces together, make a deal, a trade to get in a bigger sort of more important piece and maybe you know going for CJ McCollum or going for Siakam or someone who's going to really help your team more than just these role players and I think that could be a much better situation and it could be a better overall move for your team so you can actually compete rather than just having a bunch of great role players on your team you need another star alongside Trey Young then we have the Pacers who I don't know what the Pacers are going to do. They've mentioned uh, that they're interested in moving or open to moving Sabonis and Levert and Turner and some of these players. I don't know if they actually will. There are 13 seeds, so it doesn't really make sense to keep these pieces. I'd say start your rebuilds, kind of build around Duarte and take um, draft picks, young players, see what you can get for these pieces that aren't really fitting with a rebuilding team and go from there. I think the Pacers have a lot to offer um, and could really, you know, get and start a rebuild, which is what they should do. And then we have Orlando and the Pistons. Orlando, I expect uh, Terrence Ross to get traded. Pistons, I expect Grant to get traded. Um, other than that, they're just rebuilding. They're not really that good, and this is where we expected them to go. Western Conference, Western Conference side, um, we have, for the Western Conference, um, the Golden State Warriors, who are in first place. They are half game above the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns are in second place. Warriors have such a great team surrounding them with Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green and Weissman and a bunch of these pieces. I think they're doing everything right, and if Klay Thompson comes back healthy, then they'll be even better. Phoenix, obviously Chris Paul, has been one of their better players. Um, they do have Devin Booker, who's great. DeAndre Ayton, who's great. I mean, they're just good. There's not much I can say on that. All their players seem to be fitting in uh, very nicely. Things seem to be working well. Even their role players, JaVale McGee, Cameron Payne, Cam Johnson, Landry Shamit, they're all doing what they need to. I think their team's pretty solid. They're getting uh, what they can out of their players. And I like their situation. Next up is the Utah Jazz. And Utah is a great team. I just don't think they have what it takes to be a championship team. Everything on this team is pretty much uh, similar to last year except for a few additions. Um, I think they're a great team. I just don't think they have what it takes to get to the NBA Finals. I think they're a great regular season team. Just not a great playoff team. Then the biggest surprise to me this season, which is the Memphis Grizzlies who are as good of a team as you can get. Um, they've been winning a lot of games. They've been getting a lot of great play out of guys like Dylan Brooks and John Morant and Jaron Jackson. And, uh, you know, Brandon Clark has stepped up a little bit. Desmond Bain's been very good. 
they have a great team and they have a lot of great players their team is just as good as you can expect they are just doing so good and they're the four seed and it really shows because their point guard with uh situation with john moran is just as good in the nba as anyone he is a star and should be an all-star for sure their team is just built for success even though there's not a ton of big star names on the list Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, and the Nuggets are the five seed, and I think the biggest need for the Denver Nuggets is adding in another point guard who's like a starting level point guard or a starting level shooting guard, someone who's like a combination point guard, shooting guard. Jamal Murray does very well, he's averaging 21 points, but somebody else in there really could help their team. I don't think they have what it takes to be a championship team, but they are a good team nonetheless. Then we have um, the Clippers, and the Clippers' biggest need is just a change uh, from what they have because they got a bunch of good players, but they just don't have one player that is like the difference maker. Uh, maybe it's at point guard position, maybe it's at the center position, maybe it's at one of the wings. Uh, I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are great, but you need something else, and their team is built around two guys. And I just don't see them being successful. I don't see them making the finals at all. Then we have the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Lakers have a bunch of veterans and some good young players in Talon Horton Tucker. And they also have Malik Monk in there. Um, those guys are great. Um, I think, obviously, LeBron's LeBron. I think he's showing his age, for sure. But outside of LeBron, I think, you know, they have a solid team, good players, and... Overall, it's not a bad situation, um, but I don't think they have what it takes to win a championship this year. So, unfortunately, they are um, not going to make it that far, in my opinion. Then we have the Dallas Mavericks, who I think are fighting for the 8th uh, seed. They are an 8th seed, but they're fighting for uh, security of that 8th seed, more importantly, a chance at making the playoffs. I think they have a great team with Luka and Porzingis, but I don't think they're just that great and I think they've had a lot of misses in terms of free agency where they've tried for a big name and it just hasn't worked out and so I don't think they're the worst team I just think they're a team that needs something else and I don't know if they'll get that they have Brunson who's a great point guard but I don't know if he's a really good starting level point guard I think they just need something else Gordon Drogic is the perfect player that I think they should go after um if they can make the money work, then he's the perfect player, in my opinion, that they should go for if they can make it work. If not, um, maybe a smaller option like Dennis Schroeder would be a good option uh, for $5 million. Then we have the Timberwolves, who are, in my opinion, the only other team that has a shot at making the playoffs. Uh, they are the ninth seed. I don't think any of the other teams have any sort of inkling of a championship, or more importantly, just making the playoffs in general. I think, you know, if Carl Anthony Towns is healthy, D'Angelo Russell is healthy, they have Anthony Edwards who's healthy, they got a good bench, um, they could make the playoffs easily. Other than that, um, maybe adding in another piece off the bench uh, could be a good move, potentially moving on from someone like Torian Prince and adding in someone who's maybe a little bit better. If they could trade for Jeremy Grant, that'd be a perfect trade because I think you could trade away uh, Malik Beasley, Torian Prince, uh, whatever draft picks are needed, 
you could make something happen. So don't be surprised if they go for another piece to try and solidify themselves as a playoff team. They're a good team. Uh, they just need some more pieces, and, um, you know, they'll be all right. Ten seed right now is the Spurs, and like I said, after Milwaukee, no teams are making the playoffs out of this bunch. The Spurs have DeJounte Murray, who's averaging 17, 8, and 8. He's a great player. Maybe he gets moved. Maybe he's their point guard of the future. I like him a lot. He is probably their best player. They got some interesting pieces in Dad, Thaddeus Young, Derek White, and Doug McDermott, all of which who could get traded this uh, season, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do. They do have some good young players, um, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, Josh Primo, Keldon Johnson. These are all young players with potential. Um, I don't know what the Spurs are going to do, but if they keep kind of going in this sort of direction of rebuilds, maybe not rebuild, retool, maybe not retool, they're not going to get anywhere, but they have a good building block with DeJounte Murray if he sticks around. I also want to point out that Becky Hammond was their top assistant. She is now becoming the head coach in the WNBA, so she's leaving the uh, Spurs bench, and unfortunately, she was never uh, chosen to be a head coach of an NBA team, despite multiple rumors throughout the last two or three years of head coaching openings where she could have been uh, an option. She wasn't picked. She's moving to the WNBA, so now Popovich is looking for a new assistant coach in the future. She is going to stick around for the rest of this season. Now, moving to, I guess, the Sacramento Kings, and my biggest issue with the Kings is they've basically missed on a few draft picks, and they have players who just don't really work well. What they should do is basically trade away Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes and Marvin Bagley and get long-term cap space relief, get in players who could help their team uh, in the long term, or younger players, just those guys don't fit this team. If you're going to keep Davion Mitchell around, then you have Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, you have De'Aaron Fox, you have Rashawn Holmes. These are all great pieces, um, and the rest can kind of go as uh, needed. I could see um, a potential trade taking place with Harrison Barnes going to a playoff team, same with Buddy Heald. Those are pieces that have value to those playoff teams that could use, you know, a power forward or a shooting guard. So I expect them to get moved. As for the rest of the team, they look um, like they're, they've got good pieces with, you know, Davion Mitchell and Halliburton and uh, Darren Fox. So I expect them to build off of that and move forward. Oklahoma City Thunder are the 12th seed. They have Josh Gidley. Chargillas Alexander, they have a whole host of draft picks. My expectation for OKC is to potentially go out there and draft a point guard. This year, there is the potential for one, two, three first-round picks from the Clippers, Phoenix, and Detroit. There's also, I think, a lottery-protected first of their own, which is in the hands of Atlanta. I don't know if it's lottery protected or top 10 protected, but they do have a Clippers pick and a Phoenix pick, which most likely will convey um, and come to them. Um, I think the Clippers pick might actually be uh, have protections on it, but I'm not 100% sure. And I think the same with the Phoenix pick, but those teams are both lower on the scale of things. So those uh, 
picks will probably go to them. Uh, OKC needs to eventually move some of these picks for some sort of a point guard or a big man or someone who's a younger, important piece. And I think that's where their next move is. They have Shadjelis Alexander and Josh Gidley as two sort of building blocks. And then they can kind of move um, some of these picks to add more building blocks and go from there. And so we'll see what happens with OKC. They're a good rebuilding team with so many draft picks. It's insane. Um, and hopefully they kind of package some of these together and hope that it turns out well. Number 13, New Orleans Pelicans, who I think have a big decision to make. They got a lot of draft picks. They got some young players. Valanchunas doesn't fit. He should get traded. He's 29. He's under contract for two more years. They don't need him. Trade him away. Josh Hart is a piece. He's young. He's only 26. Keep him around. Ingram, you can keep around. Devontae Graham, you can keep around. Zion. Jackson Hayes hasn't panned out. If you can trade him and get something back, I think that's a good move. Same with K.R. Lewis Jr. Uh, I like Alexander Walker. Um, I think they just need to focus on the rebuild, which I think that's what they're doing. Um, overall, their team's not that bad. Then we have our 14th seed, which this is a big surprise to me and probably to a lot of people, the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are at this point where it's almost in my opinion, expected that Damian Lillard is going to want to leave because he doesn't like Billups as a coach. That's been brought up in multiple tweets and articles. C.J. McCollum is the same as what uh, is being shown in Damian Lillard, just not as good. They got a bunch of undersized guards. Uh, I mean, Lillard's 6'2", which is a good size for a point guard, but C.J. McCollum's 6'3", Norm Powell's 6'3", undersized for shooting guards, in my opinion. Covington is uh, not playing as good. Nurkic is a one-year contract. Larry Nance isn't playing as good. They're not really a great team. They're going to have to consider moving um, Damian Lillard if he wants out. They don't have a pick this year. They don't have um, a lot of second-round picks. Uh, they're just a team that needs some changes. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they want to make those changes, despite eventually Damian Lillard not wanting to be there if this is where they're going to be. If they're a 14 seed, they're not good. Then the worst team in the Western Conference is the Houston Rockets. I expect Houston to trade away Eric Gordon. I expect them to trade away Christian Wood. I expect them to trade away Daniel Tice. I expect them to trade away DJ Augustine and then build a team around Jalen Green and whatever is left over. They got a bunch of young guys who need more minutes uh, instead of giving these minutes to, you know, John Wall and Eric Gordon, you need to give them to the young guys. So I could see them moving John Wall for a package surrounding a bunch of role players just to kind of fill in. I could see them trading Eric Gordon to a playoff team. I could see them trading Christian Wood to a playoff team. You can get a lot out of Christian Wood. You could probably get a uh, protected first-round pick for Eric Gordon. And I think in John Wall's case, you're not going to get too much, but... If you can get like a three for one player swap and you get a bunch of guys who are like 15, 16, 13 million dollar contracts, you could make something happen long term and kind of eventually divvy out those smaller contracts for, you know, expiring contracts or other pieces. And 
that's a better situation. So I expect John Wall to get traded maybe to New York, maybe to the Clippers. Um, there's a whole host of teams that could really use him to their advantage. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved as well. But Houston's not a great team, and they don't have a lot of great players at all. So that is that. And that is the NBA situation east and west right now.